painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking, KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Everyone has a story to tell, but not everyone knows how to tell that story. From love to pain to joy and sorrow, human emotion and stories generates a great feeling in the heart, good or bad, funny or sad. Charismatic and well-spoken, Diane Furlett from New Orleans will be joining us on Artbeat this week with her profound storytelling abilities that make you feel a part of the story. She recently performed at Sandbar Storytelling at St. Mary's University in Minnesota. I'm Vitchis Heron with Diane Furlett on Artbeat. Accompanied by the musical talents of Eric Pearson, she is more than just a storyteller. She is a keeper of traditions and history. Please put your hands together for Diane Furlett. It was a woman who was always complaining to her friends, why do we have to die? Why can't we just live forever? And she was always saying that every, every time they saw her, Die. I just want, why can't we just live? They said, girl, get a life. <laughs> Nobody lives forever. Nobody. But she knew that. She really did. She knew that. But she just wish she could just live a little longer. Well, one day, she did hear about somebody that might know something about living a little longer. It's a man that lived way out somewhere. He lived far, far away. <clears throat> but she researched and she found out where he lived. And she headed out to find him. And when she got there, there he was. And she said, excuse me, sir. I came to ask you something. I came all this way. He said, what is it? What do you want to ask me? Well, um, I want to ask you, uh, how can I live forever? And he said, <laughs> forever? <laughs> no one lives forever. <laughs> now, let's see. Now, I've lived almost 200 years. Now, I think that's enough. <laughs> you want to live longer than that? Maybe you can see that old woman who lives out in the woods. I think she's older than me. All right. So she figured she might as well go and find her. So she did. She went on her journey and she found her outside in her garden. Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me. Yes? What is it? I, I came to ask you something. Well, well, what is it? Speak up. I came to ask you, how can I live forever? And you know what she said? <laughs> <laughs> forever. <laughs> honey, honey, no one lives forever. <laughs> she said, now, nah, I've lived almost 500 years. <laughs> and I think that's more than enough. Now, I don't know what to tell you. If you want to, maybe there's an old man on the mountain. I think they say he might be older than me. But you maybe can try to ask him. But he lives far away on that mountain. It's up to you. Well, she go on this floor, right? Might as well try to find him. <clears throat> so she went up, up, trying to find him. Didn't take long, she found him out there, sitting in a chair. Very thin man, looked very old. It was like this, all scrunched up like this, and he 
He wasn't moving. So she walked a little closer. She said, Excuse me. He still wasn't moving. She walked a little closer. She thought, Is he dead? <laughs> and when she got a little closer, he turned his head. Oh, you, scared, you scared me, sir. I didn't mean to scare you, but I came here all the way to ask you something. What do you want to ask me? I just want to ask you, can you tell me, how can I live forever? And you know what he said, right? <laughs> honey, 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 no one lives forever. Now me, I've lived over 500 years, and that's plenty, plenty enough, but I'm still here. I don't know what to tell you, but you can stay here if you want, or you can eat what I eat and do what I do, it's up to you. I don't know what to tell you. She decided to stay there. And she stayed at 100 years, 200 years, 300 years. She stayed at 400 years. And she kept saying she wanted to go back to her town where she came from to see what it was like and see if anybody knew her family. And she kept wanting to go. And the old man said, I wouldn't advise that. But she kept insisting on going back. He said, all right, if you want to go back. You take my horse and you ride back to that town and you look all around and talk to everybody you want to talk to and look at what you want to look at and you come back here before sunset. And whatever you do, don't get off the horse. So she decides to go, right? And she got her on the horse and she headed back to that town she came from. Sound of this way. <laughs> Got back to town? <laughs> Did it look the same? Can you imagine coming back to Winona 500 years later? <laughs> she didn't recognize anything. Nothing looked the same. Her house, where her house used to be, no street, nobody knew her family name, nothing. She kept looking and talking and talking to people and nobody knew anything. And finally she looked up and realized, oh, she better get back to the mountain before sunset. He said, come back before sunset. So she headed back to the mountain. And when she got close to the mountain, she noticed a wagon blocking the way. All the content spilled out all over the road. And she couldn't get by on either side. Oh, I have to get back before sunset. And then she got closer. old man leaning down picking up something off the ground and I put it in the back of his wagon then he laid down and got another thing and put it in the back of the wagon and another thing she put I'll never get home before sunset so she got a little closer she went excuse me sir sir I have to get home before sunset. Can you move a little faster? <laughs> he looked up and said, Oh, I'm old. I can't move too much faster than and this. And the librarian wasn't just a children's librarian. She was a storyteller. 
She had all the kids on the floor next to her, you know, around her, crisscross applesauce. You know how they do. She's reading the story, and she put the book down. And then she would tell the story to these kids. What's the difference? The realism. Hmm? The realism. The realism, what else? What's the difference? Uh, the way that... The way that people, the way that she spoke, make, making the story, um, making the story come alive. Um, mm-hmm. They're right there with the teacher. There's Eye contact. Yeah. She's looking at the she's looking at the book, reading. She's looking at them. That's different. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to my girlfriend about a new boy I met at the party and how he gave me a kiss, blah, blah, blah. And she's like this, looking somewhere else or thinking about something else. She's not listening. I'll stop talking. Right. She's on her phone or something like that. Yeah. But if she's going, really? What happened? Oh, girl, I don't want to hear no more. What else? If she keeps engaging and wanting to hear more, I'll keep talking. That's what the difference is. Eye contact. Kids not being shown the book, shown the pictures. They make their own pictures. There's a witch in the story. Everybody has a different picture of what the witch might look like. They have their own version of what the witch might look like. Might be even scarier. And what you trying to give a scary story, it might, it might be scarier for them, their own version of how she looked or how the, the monster looked, whatever. They're making their own pictures. It's quite different when you put the book down. Mm. So how would you think that, um, you know, listening to folklore or reading folklore stories or listening to a lot of stories helps with the art of storytelling to make you become a better storyteller? Well, of course, the more you listen, the more you kind of get an idea. I've seen it done many times. I mean, if you grew up, you know, you say, oh, I've seen it done many times. I can do that. But it's not that easy. And a lot of young storytellers think, oh, I can do that. That's easy. But they don't have no stories. I'm going to the Black Storytelling Festival next month. A lot of these young storytellers come there to steal what I tell. They don't want to, you have to find stories, your own, your own stories. Look for what, what, you, what you like to tell, what you find yourself. I did research to find these stories. I'm telling you, my, one guy was on stage telling somebody else's family stories, like, like it was his story. A personal story. You can't do that. It's ethics. You can't tell somebody else's personal story like it's your story. So I'm saying it's a lot of ethics in every job. And uh, so the, the, but the more you kind of hang around storytellers, you know, you know, like any job, you know how this job works once you hang around people that do, that do it. You know how it works. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, I'll be at the Black Storytelling Festival next month, and a lot of young ones come. And so I'm trying to find something they can steal. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them my good stuff that I tell. They can, I'll find something they can steal, something they can find in an African-American folklore book, if you look. There's a lot of stories. Like one story I'm going to tell, one story I, I tell all the time. They probably, a lot of them don't even know this. It's in the African folklore book. One of my main stories, my daddy knew this story. It's about one day. Old Sis Goose was swimming down the lake. Beautiful day, not a ripple in the water, sunshine, and she just flapping and kicking and dipping, flapping and kicking and dipping, dipping, flapping and kicking and dipping. Mm-hmm. Just enjoying herself, <laughs> but hiding in the weeds was guess who? Bro Fox, and Bro Fox said, "Look at her." Swimming on that lake like she owned it. I'm gonna fix her. I just watched her. Flapping and kicking it. Dipping. Flapping and kicking it. Dipping. Flapping and kicking it. And when she came a little bit too close to the she grabbed her. <laughs> I got you now, sis goose. Out there on that lake swimming like you own it. 
I got you now. I'm going to break your neck and pick every one of your bones clean. And Cisco said, uh-uh, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> You're not breaking my bones, not today. Mm-mm. And p- picking my bones and breaking my neck? I don't think so. I got just as much right to swim on that lake as you has to hide in those weeds. And before you get to breaking neck and picking bones, we're going to take this matter to the coat. And Brother Fox said, yeah, let's take it to the coat. So all the way to the court, this goose just fussing, <laughs> talking about breaking necks, not, not my neck. Mm-mm. Picking bones, you ain't picking my bones, not today. Mm-mm. Picking my bones, breaking my neck. We're going to see about this. And she is fussing the whole way. When she finally got to the court, Mm-mm. ain't breaking my neck, we're going to see. When she got to the courtroom, the sheriff standing outside the courtroom was a fox. She walked into the courtroom, prosecuting attorney. Fox. Defense attorney. Fox. The judge stepped up. Fox. Everybody in the jury box was a fox. But do I have to tell you what happened? They tried old sis goose. And they convicted her. They broke her neck and picked every one of her bones clean. So listen to me good. When everybody in the courtroom is a fox, there ain't gonna be no justice for a poor goose. You want justice? Just look in America's jails. That's just what you'll find. Just us. That's an old story. But the same goddamn story today. Yeah, that story's time telling. You see, it's an old African American sold this story long, long time ago. And it's still the same story today. Same story. It's an art. The same story. Oh, sir, that story's same been story. passed on long from, but generations been passed on. That's an old story. And you just passed that story on to me. You see what I'm saying? And you know it. So if it. you have to tell it, you have to tell it. That's an old story. Mm-hmm. But it makes so much sense if you look at it from a different perspective or even yeah, any perspective of what the that's story what is saying. It's a beautiful art to have. Right. And all cultures have their different stories. Japanese, Chinese, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just the art and how the story is passed down. Exactly. Or told, you know. And things that happen in their experiences. And those different cultures, those stories come out. You're listening to Diane Ferlet at the Sandbar Storytelling Event on Art Beat. Right here on 89.5 KQAL. Do you love podcasts but crave local content? Well, now you can keep it local with KQAL Podcasts on KQAL.org. Hear interviews with Minnesota bands, artists, chefs, comedians, historians, community leaders, and more. KQAL Podcasts, keeping it local on KQAL.org. Also listen to KQAL on Spotify, Apple, Google, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Well, I ain't going to you're listening to Diane Ferlet at the Sandbar Storytelling Event on our beat, right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm sorry, but maybe if you help me, I can move a little faster. And so she looked down at that old man, his back was hurting him, looked like his arms, he could hardly lift his arms. She said, poor old man. And she turned her body to get off the horse, and when she turned, she looked down and she saw all these worn out shoes. She said, 
Where did you get all these worn out shoes? And the old man said, oh, these are my shoes. I wore them out walking all over this world. Year after year after year after year, looking for you. My name is Father Death. And so as her foot hit the ground, she turned into bones. An old man picked up a few of her bones and put it in the back of the wagon. And he said, no one lives forever. Now I know I won't live forever. I'm 78 years old. My time is coming, right? I know I'm going to live forever. But when I think about my 78 years on this earth, I think about what do we leave behind? What do we leave behind? My mother, I say things just like her. <laughs> she always said, ooh, my mind sure ain't long. Well, she couldn't remember things. <laughs> I look in the mirror, what do I see? <laughs> my mother. <laughs> no, what do we leave behind? My grandson says stuff like me. I think about all the thousands and thousands of kids I've told stories to over these years. What do we leave behind? Soon and very soon, I'm going to meet the king. Soon and very soon, I'm going to meet the king. Soon and very soon, I'm going to meet the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Not yet. I'm not getting off that horse yet. <laughs> Do you know the story about what happened on the day you were born? I was born four... No, do you know the story? I didn't ask you to tell it. Mm. I said, do you know that story? What happened on the day you were born? Good question. Like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Were you at home that your mama didn't want to go and she was crying? And what, what happened? Who took her to the hospital? What happened? Did it take you a long time for you to be born? Did you come out quick? Was it a slow birth? You know, it's a, it's a lot of stories that happened on that day with the day you were born. Mm. Who brought you to the hospital? It's time! It's time! Who brought you to the hospital and what happened? Who was in the room? Those are stories. Those are stories. Right? Mm-hmm. What was the story like your first day of kindergarten? What was that like? Hmm. I can see you as a little boy. What was it like you going to school for kindergarten? What was it like? You know, those are stories. Who was your best friend in kindergarten? You know, stuff like that. Some of those stories we don't even remember. I don't. I don't even remember going to elementary school. That's how bad it is. And they took me to the school in Louisiana. I don't remember the school. I don't remember one teacher. People say, I remember my first grade teacher, my kindergarten. I don't remember anybody. And that's sad. There's only a few people like that. But I can't remember anything about going to elementary school. I remember one thing about going to middle school. One little teacher, because she was short like my mother. That's the only reason I remember her. Name is Miss Green, and she was very short. My mother's short. And uh, high school, I remember one teacher, because he made me laugh. No, in middle school, one more teacher, too. I remember him, because he was a choir director. And he would have me come out of the choir. And I hit the note on the piano, our key. 
And I go back into the choir. He had me do that special, you know. Because I was taking piano lessons, I knew where the keys were. And I'd go out and hit the note. Mm -hmm. And I remember him because he was, the church I ended up going to, he was the founding minister of that church. And I ended up going to his church. So that's how I remember him. That's about it. I don't remember any teacher. I don't remember anybody that cared about me in school. Sometimes it's only the people who left a reaction in your life, you know, who left a reflection into your life is those ones you remember. Yeah. You know, sometimes it changed, have an emotion or something. Yeah. Do you know, remember your kindergarten teacher who she was? Nope. See? Remember, remember your remember kindergarten the teacher? school. Vividly, I know yeah. what she looked like. Yeah, okay. I don't remember my kindergarten. I don't remember anybody. In fact, I don't remember any teacher in elementary school. Not one. Do you remember one teacher in elementary school? Who? I remember Miss Kilday. That was my fourth grade teacher. Fourth remember, grade? Yep. Oh, see? Off the top of my head, that's the only one I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Do I remember third grade and second grade right now? To be honest, still, I just forgot their names. Hmm. See? Yeah. And sometimes as older you get, if you don't tell those stories, the memories are lost. They get lost. And uh, I don't have any of those school memories. memories. A little bit in high school, I remember. I remember hating going to swimming because you had to take a swimming class in high school. You couldn't, you couldn't graduate unless you took swimming. To this day, I still can't swim. It just passed me on. Every time they, they, they threw me in the water, I would sink. My butt would just sink. And, uh, and then plus all the black kids hate to go swimming because our hair would get wet. You can't wet black people's hair and you can't have time to fix it, you know? Uh-uh, I go to school and I, and I had this cute little boy in my next class too, and my hair was all jacked up. I said, oh no, no, I hate swimming. And I never did learn how to swim either. To this day, I can't swim. It's not good. We all can't swim. Hmm? I said, we all can't swim. You can't swim either? Oh, I took swimming lessons. See? Oh, well. I'm just not. I took swimming lessons every summer. Every summer. After high school, every summer. They threw me in the pool. They get swim or die. I was about to die. I had to throw a pole in to get me out. <laughs> you see? Mm. There's certain things I just couldn't do. I can't do that swimming. Mm-mm. No. There's an old saying that blessed is the person that's too busy to worry in the daytime and too sleepy to worry at night. I like that. My mother never worried about anything. <laughs> she always said, the Lord don't take care of me. <laughs> but some people just can't help it, huh? Like this woman in the story. Worried about every little thing. Worried about this, worried about that, worried about the other. I mean, she couldn't sleep, she couldn't eat, she was losing weight. And her family saw her coming, they said, ah! We don't want to hear. She drove my family crazy. Well, she couldn't sleep, couldn't eat, losing weight. She was so worried. Then you know what she finally did? She went to visit her good friend. Because that's what friends are for, oh, right? She told her friend about how worried she was and what she was worried about. And she said, look at me. I'm losing weight. I can't sleep. I can't eat. What would you do? My friend said, I really don't know what to tell you. Why don't you try giving all these words to God? Well, that night, 
when she went home, got down on her knees you know, to humble herself. And she began to pray and give all her words to God. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> then she got in bed, covered up. Did she sleep? No. <laughs> she tossed and turned, tossed and turned, and finally she fell asleep. And she commenced to dream it. But in the middle of her dream, <laughs> guess who popped up? <laughs> oh, scratch himself, the devil himself. And he looked at her and he said, <laughs> And she took the bundle and she opened it. 
and it was full, just full. Of all her blessings. And the tears came, and she felt so thankful and so grateful. And she looked around for that old man to thank him for making her aware of the, of the bundle that most of us forget. But he was gone. And then she reali realized she was lying in her own bed with the sun shining in her face. <clears throat> well, it may have been a dream she had that night. But after that, just didn't seem to worry about things anymore. But she did tell her son and his wife about that dream she had that night. And of course, they told their kids later on about that dream she had that night. And years later, they told their kids about that dream she had that night. And here I am in Minnesota telling you about that dream she had that night. Don't go around worrying about things. Because everything going to be all right. Have you ever told a story and listened back to it, like on your own time? It was like, man, I wish I just said it like this, that, instead oh, yeah. of like that. Well, I, have, I have CDs. Mm -hmm. And you wish you, I could have added something else. But yeah, I was, when you mm -hmm. hear stories over and over and over and over, you can always think of an idea of how to change it or how to add stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. You can always do that. Or when I tell it a third or fourth time, I tell it differently. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how I said it the first time. I just said <laughs> the way how I got my tell. I might have told Sis Goose. Different than I told it last week. I just tell it what I remember. And you get over, you can't remember stuff. So you gotta tell it what you remember. But I got the main gist of it. You know, she wasn't gonna be not letting him just get away with it. Pick my bones, not today, we gonna see about this. <laughs> of course, when she goes to the courtroom, things are different. It's art. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So anyway, tell a story when you can. Thanks again to Diane Follette for the great stories and inspiring kind spoken words on today's Art Beat Sandbar Storytelling at St. Mary's University in Minnesota. Be sure to look Diane up on www.dianeforlott.com. For more conversations on art, tune in to Art Beat Tuesdays at 12.30 right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Vidris Heron, and we've just heard some amazing, heartfelt stories from the great storyteller herself, Diane Ferlet. Art Beat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org.